take your Bibles to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. We, we kind of gave you guys that, uh, we, we gave you that homework, okay? You guys are adults, but I gave you homework. And I'm, I'm asking you guys to read this passage and go through this and, and get it in your head before you get it in church. We're going to keep going through these passages. I'm going to start in verse 4, 17 today, and then we're going we're to work our way through. But I, I want you to, to in order to have a, a change of life, there's got to be a change of heart. It's got to start on the inside. And a lot of times, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be a new man. I'm going to start new, uh, uh, new Year's resolution. Well, we go so far and we stop because we're doing it mechanically. And it's not coming from the heart. It's just coming from our head of, I need to do better. God works from the inside out. God brings real change to our hearts because he works through the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And so I want to talk about how to change your life and have real change in your life. So the first thing we looked at last week is you've got to stop making excuses. Everybody has an excuse. Tell me why you, why, why you can't exercise, why you can't do this, why you can't spend more time doing this, why you don't read more, whatever it is. Nobody says, well, I'll just quit because I didn't want to. No, we come up with an excuse. He said in, in Ephesians 2.10, says, for we are his. Now it says workmanship, but just lay that out at the beginning. We are his. We belong to God. You belong to God. It's not up to you to say, I don't want to change. No, you belong to God. You are his. He makes the call. He makes the changes in your life. He, he has a goal. We are his workmanship. He literally works in our life to make us better. He, he, he works in our life, which it says, uh, created in Christ Jesus under good works. When God gets a hold of your life, it's not a matter of everything, just every problem you've ever had just, just trips away. But it's a matter of God begins that sanctification process to pull out the wrong and put in the good. And all of a sudden, there's good works coming out of your life, which he hath ordained before that we should walk in them. He does the work in our lives. He, he, it's, and it's, there's a practical way of doing this, of how he changes our life. There's a, there's a difference between wanting to change and actually changing. But the question is, okay, Pastor Tony, I'll, I'll stop making excuses. All right, where do I start? Well, the, the starting point might surprise you of where we actually start. And, and it says it in this passage. So I, I need you guys to help me out with this, okay? We're not one of those churches that you have to be quiet, but not distracting. Okay, there's a difference. But if God leads you to say amen, or we want to repeat something in here, say it out. Just let me know that you're awake, okay? This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, from now on, you walk not as other Gentiles walk. So he's talking about everybody else. And it's like, everybody does it. Stop. You're not everybody else. That's what he starts saying. That's the, that's the way I was raised, and that's what everybody does. From, from henceforth, from now on, I'm going to testify to you in the Lord that you don't walk as other Gentiles walk. How is that? In the vanity of their what? Say it again. In the vanity of their what? So now Paul starts, before he gets into all the descriptions of the things that need to change in our, in our lives, he starts with the mind. He starts with our heads. Notice how he, he, he continues this, verse 18. Having the understanding darkened. Where does that happen? In our minds. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Now, ignorance, and I will say you're ignorant. We'll say that is, you know, like tearing somebody down or, or, or is an insult. The ignorance that God is talking about, there's a void. There's just misunderstanding. There's information that they don't have. The ignorance that is in them. 
because of the blindness of their heart. Now, when the Bible talks about the heart, the Bible's not talking about the, 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 the blood pumping vessel in your chest. It's talking about the seed of emotions. It's talking about your drive. It's talking about your passion. If, if you want to do something, if you want to go play golf, you get it, your, your heart stirred up. It's like, whatever it takes, I'm going. Well, that's the heart of man, the drive of man, the passions of man. Who being past feelings gave themselves over the lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness and greediness. That, that, that weird word in the middle of this is the idea. They gave themselves over to the mindset of, I don't care. I've tried so many times. I've tried to be a better person. I've tried to give myself up to over, overcoming this habit or whatever. I just don't care. It's not me. I just can't. It's talking about a hardened heart. A spirit of just surrender. I'm, I'm tired of this. You give yourselves over to that. He says in times past, that was the feeling that you had. But then it says this, uh, to work on cleanliness and on greediness. It literally, you, you do things that are wrong and you do things that make yourself happy. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, that ye have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Here's the action that you put off concern of the former conversation, the former way of life of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He says it again, that you put off, but that you put on the new man, which is after God created in righteousness and true holiness. What a contrast. Deceitful lust, greediness, unholiness. And then he goes into, but he says, I have a life of righteousness. You know what righteousness is? That which works. That which is right, that which brings upon that which uh, produces good things in your life. Paul again is speaking about change. Put off the old man, put on the new man. He says in verse 22 that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. The former conversation, the, the things you did. There are certain things that you did in your old life, certain things that you did in your old habits that are not good to bring into the new mind or the new way of Jesus Christ. They should, not, they should be put off, he said, which are corrupt. They don't work. They, they, they put you in arguments all the time. They make you hate your in-laws. They, they make you argue with everybody. You're a negative spirit all the time. Nobody wants to be around you. It's corrupt. According to deceitful lust. And he said that you put on the new man. Now there's verse 22 and verse 24. But did you notice the link between 22 and 24 is verse 23, which is, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The bridge, the key to changing into the new man from the old man is right here. I know Craig Rochelle has an amazing book we're going to be studying in our life group about uh, winning the war in your mind. And it is so true. There's, there's a battle for your mind. There's a battle for your thoughts. Paul was talking about this. He's a different perspective of it. He's talking about being renewed, that you put off. That, that's like an action. Like if you're working in the yard or you're working on your car, you get all full of dirt and oil and grease and things like that. You walk in, you take that off and you put on something new. Renewing literally means taking out the old and putting in the new. It's replacing it. When I was a kid, we loved going to grandma's house. If you love grandma, say amen. There was a lot of people that didn't. I don't know about your grandma, but 
uh, my grandma invited us over, and she, she had, they had a big farm, and my grandma would uh, l- l- give us work to do. She'd let us uh, earn money. She paid us really good, and I love going to grandma's house. And I remember we were going to grandma's house and she had this special weekend. She said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do some jobs. I'm going to pay the boys. Then we're going to go up and rent a movie. You know, that used to be the coolest thing. We'd get in the car. There wasn't Blockbuster where my grandma lived in this farming area of town. It was a gas station that had a part of the gas. Did you get, anybody remember anything like that? There was like, and they would rent videos out of the gas station. Down south, that was a big thing, Okay. You, you could get a bologna sandwich and gas and a video. It's all one, uh, one location, okay? It was great. And uh, I, I, my, my grandma uh, made a big deal, a big dinner, and made a big deal out of it. And then she had ice cream, and we'd be able to pile it up and get all the toppings of it. We had dessert and everything. And then she went in the living room, and she laid out blankets in front of the TV. She popped popcorn. And I mean, this was, this was fun night. It was late at night. We're staying up late. We worked all day. We got money in our pockets. Life is good. Grandma is awesome, okay? She pops in the video that she rented. We didn't even know what she rented. And it came up on the screen, the introduction. It was Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. My grandma was a little different. She, she was a great lady. There was a dark side to my grandma, okay? <laughs> and, and so I am like, didn't know what to expect. And I'm thinking, this doesn't look fun. You know, this isn't Power Rangers. <laughs> this, this isn't the Little Mermaid and Lion King, okay? And we're watching this. And, and, and some of you guys know what it's about. It's about these teenagers, if they fell asleep... This guy that had this distorted face and it was terrifying and he had these gloves that he would wear that was, I'm scaring you guys now. You're going to walk out of here just like, I'm not going back to that church. And he would have these claws and he'd go and it was bad. Okay, let me just say, this was not a make you feel good movie. Okay, this wasn't, yeah, it was bad. Movie got done and grandma got up and said, okay, you boys don't stay up late. And she went to bed. (laughs) I, I promise you, Out of my childhood, I remember this night vividly. I did not sleep. You know how it is when you're watching, I I mean, it just, I I knew it wasn't real. I knew it wasn't real, but I'm telling you, every, every time I heard something outside and I'd start to fall asleep or whatever, I was literally terrified. If somebody put their hand on my chest, it was just, my, my heart was beating like crazy. And I remember being scared, and I, I didn't want to look like a sissy. You know, nobody, no teenage boy wants, I wasn't a teenage boy, I was like eight or nine. I don't want to just clarify that right now. Uh, nobody wants to go. So I went up to uh, Denny, which my older brother, and I, I was honest, but I said, Denny, I'm a little scared. Can I sleep next to you? He goes, get off my bed, go away. He, like, he was sleeping on the couch. And every time I heard the dogs bark, every time the, the wind was blowing outside, I was scared to death. Now, in my mind, I knew that it wasn't real. But here's the thing, what you put into your mind affects how you act. It affects you. And that's the whole point of a scary movie. It's, it's the getting your head. And it, it made me fearful. It made me jump. It made me not sleep. It made me angry at my grandma. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I'm thinking, does, did grandma not know that there was Bambi? I mean, does she not know that Disney made movies? I, I, I didn't know what was wrong with her. But it was terrifying. Your mind is a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. 
Before Paul starts this list of the things that need to be changed, he starts with your mind. And here's the reason why. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, For as, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as, whatever you are thinking in your mind, or it says your heart, where that's just the inward man, or you're processing, or you're loving your passion, and those things. As you process that in your mind, so is he. So if I'm processing the idea that I'm scared and all I can think is of, of Freddy with those claw hands and things like that, those blades, then, then I'm going to act fearful. I'm going to act afraid. I'm, I'm not going to want to walk outside. And by, by the way, anytime my grandma would like tell me, like, run to the barn and things like that on this farm, I would be scared enough to go outside. It, it messed with me. It really, really messed with me. And, and Satan works in that way. Your mind is a battlefield. Your mind is a war zone. And a lot of you know that. Paul begins to break this down because he says, you understand that whatever you bring into your mind, that's what you're going to do. Whatever you bring into your mind, that's what you're going to think. That the attitudes of your mind, the language that comes out of your lips, <clears throat> how you treat people and stuff like that, it affects you. Jesus is talking and he says this. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. That makes sense. You bring good into your life, you bring good out of your life. An evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, what he builds up, bringeth forth that which is evil. Now listen to this. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Think, think about what he's saying. For whatever you fill your life up with, or whatever is on your mind, that's what's going to come out of you. Which talks about our communication. Which talks about being angry. Which talks about being bitter. How many of you guys, again, let me give you an illustration. How many of you guys watched that one game? Who was it? There was two people that played. It was Georgia and, oh yeah, the Buckeyes. Does anybody remember that game? Let me ask you, after you watched that game, did anybody talk about the game afterwards? You couldn't watch that. Everybody was like, what in the world just happened? We were so close. We should have had that. We would, you know, all these things. But the thing is, and, and that's not a bad thing, but as you watch something, it comes in your mind, and all of a sudden, that's on your heart and mind. Then you see your other people, and you're like, did you watch that game? Did you see what happened? Did you see that kick at the end? I'm not saying that that's bad, but I'm telling you that the, 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 the application does go with the negative things that we bring into our lives. It's a guarantee. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth from now on not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. How did they live? In the vanity of their mind. They didn't live according to biblical principles because the vanity means emptiness. They didn't have it. It's funny how we get so upset at the world. Like you watch TV, you're like, I can't believe they're doing that parade. I can't believe they're acting that way. I can't believe they said that at the award show. How, how, how do you think they're going to act? We get so upset at them about their actions. Well, it's a heart issue, not an action issue. A, a lot of times people, Christians, want the world to act like Christians. They're not going to act like Christians because they don't have Jesus. It, it, sometimes we get so upset at them that they experience our bitterness more than they experience our gospel. There's a problem there. But he says in verse 18... Having the understanding darkened. That's the issue. We understand the idea of darkened. I don't see what's wrong with me. 
You get mad all the time. I don't, I, I don't see that that's a problem. You, you guys know what I'm talking? You've heard people say things like that? Well, I, I, to me, that's not an issue. And to me, people talk. And, and, and to me, gossip, I'm, I'm not gossiping, I'm just this. And we have all these justifications. Uh, you get really angry. No, you just, you just know how to push my buttons. You know what I'm saying? They can't see the issue. The Bible says they have their understanding. They can't process it because it's darkened. Another way is they, they can't even see what's wrong. Uh, Paul, in these passages, he begins to break down in verse 26, anger, 29, language, 20, verse 31, the bitterness and unforgiveness, uh, a negative heart, not being kind one to another. They have their understanding darkened. What, what does the word darkened mean? It's the absence of light. Do you understand that the word of God is light? Truth is light. Jesus is light. The Spirit of God brings light. It illuminates. It helps you to see what you could not see before. The, the Word of God is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Or my, maybe the other way. You know the, you know the verse. It, it's just a matter. It illuminates. It helps me to see what I could not see before. That's why we go to church and we preach the Word of God. God speaks to our hearts and helps me to see what I could not see before. Because before we were alienated from the life of God. We were separated from that which was light. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. The ignorance is they were missing something because of the blindness of their heart. They just couldn't see it. Before I get any further, a lot of times we want people to change. Like our spouses and our kids. Without a change of heart, there will never be a change of actions. And if you have somebody that's, it's, that will just never changes and there's nothing ever different in their life you realize that the word of God is powerful and it works in our lives and the spirit of God is powerful. It works in our lives. And maybe sometimes if you have somebody that claims to be saved and there's never any change in their life, maybe there was never a change in their heart. And if you're one of those people that I said this last week, when, when you have the spirit of God inside of you, the Christian life is about change and it's about obvious change. Let your light so shine before men. He usually, Jesus said, it will, you'll be like a, a city set on a hill. It's going to be obvious. Not saying that you're not going to struggle, but there should be evidence of that in your life. So uh, Ephesians uh, 4.19, let me explain and reiterate. And I'm, I hate every time I have to come to this word because I struggle with it. And you guys already know that. And being, being past feelings gave themselves over to, in their minds, to this lasciviousness. To work all uncleanliness with greediness. This literally means that they just got to the point where they were constantly this way because they just gave up on, on trying to change. But here's where the drastic change can, comes in before we get into the mind. He says, but ye have not so learned Christ. He, he said, something happened to you that was different to everybody else. I know because you're here today. You got up on a Sunday morning and come to church to allow the Spirit of God to speak to your heart so that ye have heard and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus Christ. So I want you to really get this. You guys know I'm a visual person. So let me point out to you what it was like before we accepted Jesus Christ. Okay, so the guys are going to help me with this. So I want to point, I want to pull your attention to the stage, okay? And I'm going to point out to you guys what is wrong. And this is, what, this is how we do this. This is how we yell at the world. We're sitting there saying, this is all the things that need to change in your life. And we know that I have an anger problem. I don't know why I have an anger problem. You need to change. I'm trying to change. I don't see it the way that you see it. Do you see that right there? Do you see the problem? Do you see? And, and we don't see the problem. 
We don't know why we've been married and we've been arguing every single day. We don't know why we get so angry at the kids. When I love my kids, I love my kids. And yet you have that anger in there that that drives them away from you. And it's a pull back and forth where you're constantly apologizing. And the kids know in the back of their mind, Dad, you're not going to change. Because the Bible said, here's the thing, that we are alienated from God before we are saved. We cannot see the blindness of their heart. The Bible says all these different illustrations that your, your understanding was darkened. You're not getting it. But watch what happens. This is what happens. You guys ready for this? But he says, you have been taught by the Spirit of God. The light comes into your life. He illuminates what you couldn't see before. And all of a sudden, by the way, welcome to your mind. This is your mind, okay? This is your mind right here, stepping in. And we're not just talking about your actions. We're talking about the visual things in your life. He said, when the Word of God comes into your life, when the Spirit of God comes into your life, you know that because you knew that you were lost and you needed Jesus. You repented of your sin. Who taught you to do that? You saw your condition. I once was blind, but now I see. You couldn't see it before. And for a lot of people, it's religion. It's a band-aid. It's the the church just wants money and all this other stuff. But man, when you got a hold of the word of God, the spirit of God spoke to your heart. You thought, no, every one of us have the same testimony. When I got saved for the first time, I could see my need of God. I could see it. Not physical eyes. Spiritualized. I could see the sin in my life. I could see my need of God. And it did something in me that made me draw to Jesus Christ. It's different. This is your mind. Paul said this. When you get saved in the Spirit of God and the Word of God, it literally illuminates. And you're like, why am I, why am I struggling all the time? Why can't I get along with my in-laws? You have bitterness in your heart. I didn't see that before. God says, no, you have bitterness in your heart. Why is it that I'm always in conflict with my spouse? Because you have corrupt language. You'll say things to run them down. You'll say things and like you come back and go, I'm so sorry, babe. You know, I didn't mean that. But I'll tell you, words are powerful. The whole sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a lie. There's teenagers that have taken their own lives. There's people that have taken their lives over things that people have said. It's got to go. You've got an anger issue. And by the way, you, some of you are putting it together. If you've already started reading through Ephesians 4, you got down to the bottom verses, guess what he does? He lists all these things. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to go through every single one of them and explain why they're there. <clears throat> explain what the Bible has to say about those things. He says, if he, he said in verse 21, he said, you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. See, that for us, we're different because of the fact is the Bible shines a light in your heart and says you have a negative spirit. That's why he says you need to be renewed in the, not just your mind. He said you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You go around all the time and you're just mad at everybody. You're mad in the drive-thru. You're mad at the waitress. You're mad at the government. You're just mad all the time. That's a problem. It's a problem. It's a former conversation of your own life. We're talking about starting in your mind. Here's two basic steps. Here's, here's what he's saying. Here's first step number one. You have to remove what is corrupt. You have to remove what is corrupt. He, he literally says put off. The old man is an action. You have to remove what is corrupt. You have to remove what is wrong. But let, let, me, let me put it like this. Have you ever gone on a trip before? And one of the things that I try to do every time I go on a trip, if we're going down to Alabama or 
Ford or whatever, I, I make an, uh, uh, a last checkoff list that I do around the house. A lot of people do that. One of the things is I take out all the trash. I go to every trash can in the house. Does anybody know why I would do that? If you went and had Chinese one day, clean out the fridge, you threw that in the trash can, and you were just trying to clean up and things like that, and you leave that, that, that Chinese for six, seven, eight days, and that when you get home, I promise you, you're going to know it when you open the door. That aroma, it's, it's, it's one thing that stinks up the whole house. And you get home and you start walking around looking for it. You're looking for the source of that. You don't just burn a candle. You don't just spray for breeze. You're looking for the source of the stink. The Bible is literally saying, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shine into your life that which is causing the negative spirit. I'm going to point out the negative spirit. I'm going to shine into your life the reason why you are so hard to get along with is because you have bitterness in your heart. He said you have to, verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. You have to put it off. Some things have to go. Some things have to change. It starts right here. The Spirit of God does a couple of things we're talking about in the light. And a lot of the application of this, if you don't start with the Spirit of God, if you don't start with salvation, this isn't going to work. But the, the, the Spirit of God, this is what it leads us to do, to confront and confess. Remove what is corrupt by confronting and confessing. Do you know why it is so important? And I love what God does when our kids go to camp. The teens right now are uh, gearing up for snow camp, and they go and have a blast. But part of snow camp of what they do is they go into that chapel and they hear messages one after another. I remember being a teen and going to summer camp and all those different things that we did. I remember our teens going down to different summer camps and stuff. And you say, none of them come back and say, Pastor Tony, I'll tell you what, that game time that we had, oh my goodness, it changed my life. Now they say that sometimes about meeting a girl or whatever, but that's a whole other story. But it's a matter of when I went to the service, it was Thursday night with so-and-so preaching and he preached from this passage Man, it got a hold of my heart. You know what it is? The Word of God literally confronts those things in our lives. That's what life, the light of the Word of God does. It, it unveils them until you, it, it shows you. It, it makes it very clear. Can, can I just walk you through a passage? You'll put it on the screen. You don't have to change uh, pages in your Bible. Uh, but the Word of God will point out this is what's wrong, this is what's corrupt. But 1 John actually talks about that. Listen to this passage, how it connects to this passage so well. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. He's never going to leave part of you in the dark. He's never going to just put that, that bushel over like we talked about. He's never going to do that. He said, let me tell you, when, when it comes to God, he illuminates everything in him. There is no darkness at all. There's no part of a Christian that is corrupt that God's going to be like, ah, that's okay. We think that way that God doesn't. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and the truth is not in us. And we do not the truth. You, you cannot be saved and stay in darkness. And, and if you do, you're lying to yourself. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Do you know why? Because God begins to confront all these things that are causing the issue. He confronts those things so that we can deal with these things. Because I promise you, you're never going to have a good marriage if you have these things. You're never going to be a good mom or a good dad if you have these things in your life. 
So, so God begins to be, explain to you, if we say that we have no sin in verse 8 and we deceive ourselves, then the truth is not in us. You can't say as a Christian that you have these things and like, well, I'm fine. God says it doesn't work that way. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what confessing is? Is God, through the Spirit of God, through a message, through a friend, through a podcast, through a life group, through a message, through a song, God says, that's got to go. That has got to go. God shines the light on it. He brings conviction to our lives. He shines the light on it, and he tells us, that isn't okay even if you are Irish and have an Irish temper. It's got to go. But the Bible talks about if we confess our sins. You know what that is? That is removing the pride and just going, you know what, honey? I've had a really bad attitude for a long time. God showed me in last Sunday's sermon, or God showed me when I was reading my Bible this morning, that I really am harboring bitterness in my life. we, We confess our sins. You realize that we have to admit it, but the pride in our life is so strong. And that's the opposite of confessing. When you have pride in your life, it's always, I'm okay, I'm okay. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He confronts, he con- we confess, and then we clean house. You, you realize that he said to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you realize that in Ephesians 4.22, he says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. You know what that deceitful lust is? It's, it's not just lust where my heart is pulled towards being negative. The Bible says it's deceitful. It, it literally pulls you into a way uh, that you don't even see it happening. It's so deceitful. Like, I didn't realize that me talking that way to my kids was causing so much of an issue. It's deceitful lust. And man, Satan loves, remember, it's a battle for your mind. It's a battle for your mind. I didn't realize that I had that bitterness. It's deceitful lust. You don't even see it that way. But... The reason why I was so afraid as a kid when I watched that movie, because I brought it into my mind. Why was I so afraid of something that was not real? Bible says, for as, a, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We bring things into our mind that alter our thinking. So we've got to learn to guard our hearts, literally. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, we should not let it into our minds. We pollute our minds all the time because I promise you there's things in the world that stir these things up. Okay, so here, here's a, a thing that we know. You just say, how, how do we know if it's deceitful lust? How do I know if I'm thinking about something that is not right? Well, we hold it to God's word. Listen to what he said in Philippians 4.8. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report... If there's going to be any virtue, if there be any virtue, if there's going to be any praise, you've got to think on these things. Garbage in, garbage out. As a man so thinketh in his heart, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We've got to understand that these are the things that are corrupt in our life. So God confronts these things, we confess these things, and then we have to have the attitude to remove these things. There's some behaviors Walks of life and things that we do, whether it's a radio station, that all it is is cussing and cursing. And you listen to that. I like that music. I'm telling you, does it edify? Is it pure? Is it clean? Does it honor God? Does it edify you as a Christian or whatever? Then I'm telling you, then what is it making you think about? What is it making you think about? Because I promise you, 
The songs that we just sang didn't make you want to cuss. It put your eyes on the idea of who God is and what he does in our lives. We've got to learn to remove, and God shows you what needs to go. That is not right. That needs to go. But notice how he teaches us this. It's not just removing what is corrupt. It is replacing it with what is right. Now, this isn't just me saying this. Verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The word renew means to renovate or reform. It means you go in and take out the bitterness and you put something else in. God takes out anger and the Bible says that he needs to be kind one to another, tender heart, forgiving one another. God, God talks about bringing out language that tears each other down and God says, I'll, I'll give you that which is the good to the use of edifying. It's not just about pulling out the garbage. It's about putting in the good. And you say, what is that? I'm glad you asked. Come back next week because we're going to go to the next verse. And the next verse begins to pull this or, or lay this out. It's out with the old and with the new. But remember, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We need, a, a, we, we need a mental diet of spiritual things. Can I just tell you guys right now that I battle with my mind when it comes to the, my battle with Logan's cancer. It is a battle in my mind continuously. I have a song that I go to. And it's a new song that Richard sent to me one day and it's on repeat. I listen to it almost every single day. Uh, I think, is it ground for a miracle? I, if, if, go listen to it. Go listen to it. I promise you, all of a sudden, I can be down or whatever, and I listen to that song, and it starts off kind of slow and, 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 and raspy and, and things like that, and then it starts building up into something, and by the end of it, I set my mind on something different. I'm looking towards God and not just towards the problem. It, it matters what you think about. It matters. I, I get so irritated. We were driving down the road, and I was listening to uh, the radio, and I just flipped through it. I could have t- hooked my phone up to the car. But I was just doing it because I was wasting time. I was driving to Alabama. You know what you get when you drive to Alabama on the radio? Country music on every stinking channel. I told the kids, I said, we're going to listen to this. And I want to listen to one song that doesn't listen, mention a beer. I, I just want one song about him losing his girl, gaining his friend's girl, or, or, or a beer. Every stinking song was like, looking forward to the weekend, need a beer. Everything is beer. Well, I'm just guessing, when you listen to that music all day, what, what are you thinking about? Think on these things. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are a good report. And I'm not sitting there saying you have to hum, Jesus loves me 24-7. I'm not saying that. But if you want to know why you're negative all the time, maybe you should turn off CNN. And talk radio and Fox News and all this other stuff, it just, it just pumps it into our minds all the time. But I'll tell you, there is a diet of things that we should be bringing into our minds. Because here's what happens when we have a diet. He says, well, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. If there's going to be any virtue or if there's going to be any praise, you better learn to think on these things. So are you going to tell me what I need to listen to? I just asked you the question. Do you you want there to be virtue or things coming out of your life that are good? Do you want to praise God? Then you better, according to what he said, think on these things. Feed your brain. You are what you think. And you think whatever you pump into your head. It matters with those things. Replacing brings conviction. Because here's what happens. You can't change for real in your life until it begins to where it's the word of God speaking to your heart. Let me give you a verse that we're so familiar with. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then it says, it's piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit and is a discerner 
of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Have you ever thought about that? The Word of God is the one that alters your thinking. It, it, it affects your mind of what you're going to think about. You're saying, I need to change these things. You know, the Word of God is one that guides these things, that helps you things. It, it, it brings conviction. You know what conviction is? I'm not going to just not talk this way because my wife keeps yelling at me. But I say that word and I'll be like, stop, no. That's not me. I'm not doing that. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to treat people that way. So conviction comes into your heart. You walk back into that restaurant and says, man, I had a bad day and I took it out on you and I'm sorry. And here's the tip that I should have left and I didn't because I, I took my anger back on you. It's going home to your kids and telling your kids, daddy, daddy has an anger problem and I'm working on it, but I'm seeking God for help and, and I'm asking God, where does that attitude come from? It doesn't come from the world and it's never gonna come from anything on TikTok. It only comes from the spirit of God working in your heart. It's conviction. Do you know what conviction does? Conviction brings change from the inside out. It makes me love God. It makes me want to get back into my Bible. It makes me want to turn the radio. It makes me want to change what's on Netflix. It makes me want to change what I'm watching on TikTok. It makes me change. And the more I begin to get the old man out and those things that are corrupt and I bring the good in, it builds me up in such a way that I'm drawn to these things and these things on the stage begin to change. That is how God works because here it is. Replacing also brings change. Be renewed of the spirit of your mind. And then he says, the desires of your heart, the desires of your attitude, the things that you do. He says that you put on the new man, which is after God, created in righteousness and true holiness. Isn't that awesome? You know, he says, he says, when God begins to take over your mind and your thoughts and there's conviction there, there's two things that come out of there. There's righteousness. You know what righteousness is? The right kind of dad. The right kind of wife the right kind of neighbor, the right kind of guy working at his job, the right kind of woman working her job. It changes you. It comes out. It just, it's just what, what God does. It's the fruit. The light of your life begins to change from the inside out. But it also says true holiness. You know what holiness is? It's, it's, it's stepping away from that which is wrong to become more like Jesus Christ. And the more that I remove myself from sin to become holy like he is, and I'm not saying perfectness, but to walk in holiness literally means a life that God can bless because God can't bless unrighteousness. He can't. He can't bless sin. It goes against the very nature of God. But man, when we start doing the right thing, God begins to bless in ways that we can't even imagine. But it says that you put on the new man, which is after God. Just pursue God. What is the action steps of this? Honestly, the action steps of this is simply, it might be to where you go out to your car today and just change the radio station. You go home and watch Netflix and like, you know what? I'm sick of them just screaming GD constantly in this. It's not okay. It is going to confront the anger and then when God stirs your up and right now you say, what is this happening right now? You're in the light right now because we just sat under the influence of the word of God. Not, not Pastor Tony's message. Hopefully, hopefully what you got was listening to what God said. God begins to confront the anger. And you get it out by confessing it to those that you wronged. So how do you do that? We're going to keep going, okay? It's, it's a lot to learn and we're just going to do it together. But the important thing is that we're willing to change. 
How do you change your life? Well, he does it from the inside out and it starts with that, stop making excuses, but you also have to let God work in your life.